2: southern miss to the top top. you're tuned in to the
3: eagle hour
2: hey good tuesday afternoon everybody welcome to another edition of the eagle hour bob getty and luke johnson from the first bank studios in laurel and hattiesburg on election day 2020 we're going to take a break for the next hour from election day stress and talk a little southern miss sports Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is going to be on the show today, along with Lee Roberts, color analyst for the Golden Eagle Radio Network. Kelly Sander joining us later in the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. They're good friends of ours. We thank them for their support and encourage you. The next time you have a taste for barbecue, make sure it's Dickey's. You can enjoy it in their dining room, through the drive-thru, or take-home. Dickey's Barbecue opening sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Tuesday, we always uh, spend a little time Tuesday with the owner of the Big Gold Nation website, Heath Hinton. And Heath is with us this morning from Laurel. Uh, good election day to you, Heath. Uh, good election day to you guys. Hope everybody got out and
4: did the civic duty. And I'm done talking about the
2: election. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to something more pleasant. William Carey University yeah. opened their basketball season last night. Unfortunately, they lost their opening game. But... It's a signal that basketball is underway. The last time we talked to the Southern Miss basketball uh, coach, he was uh, shooting for an opening date of November 26th. So, Heath, how close are we to uh, Golden Eagle basketball? And what right now is the landscape for preseason basketball in the midst of COVID-19?
4: I think Southern Miss is still trying to get all the days kind of put together for preseason. I know they're going to start around the 26th but they haven't released a full schedule yet. But I'm sure they're going to start right around there. It's just uh, right now they have also dealing with Conference USA too because they're waiting on Conference USA, supposedly Conference USA, and I think this is probably one of the worst ideas I've ever – well, I don't know. Conference USA has had some bad ideas out of that office, so this isn't surprising. But they're considering basketball instead of playing – Thursday and Saturday, because of the way they redid the schedule where you go play a team twice in a row, they would do it on, on, instead of a Thursday and Saturday, they would do it on a Friday and Saturday. They're going to play back-to-back days instead of putting a day between games. So I think they're waiting on Conference USA to make that decision as well before they figure out the schedule. But, I mean, just think about that. Conference USA is considering making teams travel and playing on back-to-back days. No rest day between games, back-to-back days. I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get them ready for the uh, for the uh NCAA tournament. I have no idea what the – I guess they're thinking about saving one day's money on hotel, but I just don't see that as a good idea uh, for Convert USA. I think those kids need a day of rest between games. Luke, you were a former athlete. I mean, it was football, but you think playing back-to-back like that's a good idea?
0: You can do it in baseball, but man, those legs sure take a toll. And I know last year we wouldn't have been able to do it. and uh, Bob, with six guys available, seven guys available right, right. every night. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the the brain trust up there uh, is is not the the best. Uh, it's not in the best hands. I just got to think, though, Bob, that the coaches of the league would protest that so much because if you're the visiting team, that puts you at a crazy disadvantage.
2: Well, especially if you make a long trip, too. You spend a day at the airport, uh, you get in town, I guess you work out a little bit, you and then you play two days in a row, <clears throat> Excuse me, and you're back on an airplane uh, in the other direction. So, yeah, I, w- I would think uh, that the coaches would have some input. Heath, I guess coaches would be given input by the league office for such a dramatic change in, in the norm, right? I
4: think they'd probably be allowed to put input in, but the decision is not based on them. It's the based on it's based on the you know the powers that be at the conference office and you're right think of this Southern Miss have to go to FAU um, I'm sorry SIU they have to go to FIU. say they get on a plane on a Thursday they have to fly out there play a game on Friday play a game on Saturday and fly back home. You're not going to be able to play your best basketball. You're literally asking for even if team you're you're hoping for a split in that situation. That's what you're hoping for. You're not hoping. I mean, you're hoping to win too, but really in, re- in realistic, you know, realistic thought, it's going to be such a difficult proposition for a visiting team to go play two games in a row at a place, especially if you're traveling to a UTEP or you're traveling travel down to Florida or even up to Old Dominion. That is just I don't know why Conference USA would even consider that being an option.
2: Because it's Conference USA, Heath. uh, that's uh, That's
0: true. We are the conference that plays two games at the same time on two courts by each other. We are the same conference uh, that separated our uh, our teams into levels that they couldn't move up in. And we are the same conference that would not tell our teams where they were playing until a week out, causing headaches for uh, operations guys everywhere. So right. we are Conference USA.
4: And <laughs> we're proud of that, it, too. <laughs> and, you know, uh, from what I understand, we uh, had an interview with uh, Coach Ladner, Coach State of Media Day, that hopefully that whole tournament situation gets changed. And they move it because it's that's that's a big burden. I, I know it's in one area, but it just looks bad on TV. It doesn't look good. It almost looks like an AAU tournament when they do it, where they're doing it. And I get it; everybody can be there at one time, but you know, right. say what you will, but but the visuals of it are not
2: good. All right, Heath, about three and a half minutes left uh, to visit with you today. I know that you heard the interview we did last week with uh, Jeremy McLean. You and I had a Conversation uh, about that interview and about Jeremy McLean. Uh, put your ear to the ground. I know that's where you keep it. Uh, any any late rumors that you might want to share with us, uh, or thoughts, or you know, mentions that are going out across the uh, the internet world uh, regarding the coaching search.
4: I just think it's still too early right now. I think uh, if people hear a name that's getting you know an interview, I think you know. Don't get up in arms. I've heard people – I've heard thoughts that uh, the O.C. at Auburn may have got an interview, but if you're Southern Miss and a guy comes up to you and goes, I'd like to interview you, you're not too snooty to turn down an O.C. and an SEC still. You're going to interview them. doesn't mean they're going to get the job. I'm pretty sure Jeremy is going to talk to a lot of different people. It's just uh, – it's a process, and uh, it's still way too early in the process. Of course, I have my favorites who I would probably love to see, but as this season goes along, uh how many uh bigger conference jobs are going to be open? How many big uh is Michigan going to make a change? Is that going to be a domino? Does a person leave from somewhere else and then they get hired it's just there's still too much time left in the season so i I think you'll have we'll have a more of a better idea here in a couple of weeks about what Jeremy's going to want to do. But right now, it's just way too early in
2: the process. All right, Luke, you want to finish up with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation.
0: Heath, I know you got a pretty cool interview opportunity this afternoon. You got the uh, Estonia Twins with uh, Mark Jackson and, and Arthur Konatsuk. What, uh, and, and you've always had a really good relationship uh, with the basketball program, specifically with, with Coach Ladner coming in. Who are... Give me three names or two na- two or three names that Southern Miss fans they don't know who they are right now. They've heard us talk about recruiting, but the biggest three unknown names that everybody will know uh, halfway through seventy five percent through the season this year.
4: Uh, three names. I tell you what. Let's let's start with this right here. I think Tyler Mormon Ford, uh, young man, transfer out Wyoming. Watch out for him. A big kid that can really. Uh, Play down the paint, make a lot of difference. Guy was hurt last year that not a lot of people remember, but Angel Smith, that's another guy that can make a big difference. And uh, I'm going to say this name, but Gerard Pierre is a guy that Coach Ladner really believes that if he continues to go as well as he is, that he might be one of the best ever to play at Southern Miss. A young man, a 6'5 guard out of uh, New Orleans, a lot of people that I talked to from New Orleans that cover high school basketball said that he may be one of the top two, if not the best player out of New Orleans this past year. The young man went seven for seven shooting the three in one game. Seven for seven. He was about 65, 70% on the season. Um, just a, a gifted young basketball player that knows the game. And I think more, as the season gets more and more long, I think he'll start getting even more and more playing time. I would really watch out for Jerron Pierre. Uh, he's going to be, as Coach Ladner wouldn't say, I think he'd be special. If it, You know what I'm saying? He's not just going to say that for anybody. Um, at, this kid, he has all the makings of, uh, he could be really special for Southern Miss. So I would watch out for those names.
2: All right, Heath, thanks for your contribution every week. Real quickly, how can people subscribe to Big Gold Nation?
4: All right, go to uh, Big Gold Nation, com or Google Big Gold Nation, and just click on subscribe. i uh, got some good deals. As I said, go to Mark Jackson and, and uh, Archer Knopfler. Two of the, oh, Mar- Archer is one of the funniest people in basketball, so it uh, should be a lot of fun to put that video up as soon as I can get it done. And, uh, you yeah, know, go there and join us.
2: A lot of fun. All right, Heath, thank you very much. Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation. Check it out today. Kelly Sanders next on the Eagle Hour. Lee Roberts still to come. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in
3: to the Eagle Hour.
2: We thank you for tuning in this afternoon around the state. Wherever you're listening to the Eagle Hour, we appreciate you uh, joining us each and every day. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. It is a great place to buy Southern Miss apparel. In fact, it is the best place in the land to buy Southern Miss apparel. You can do it seven days a week at CampusBookmart.net, or you can go Monday through Saturday, shop in person on Hardy Street, at Campus Bookmark. Kelly Sander now joining us in the second segment of the radio show today, talking a little basketball today, Kelly. Uh, uh, William Carey plays last night. Southern Miss, uh, not not too far off. Boy, it's been a whirlwind, but uh, basketball not not too far down the road.
1: And you remember about uh, two weeks ago on this very program, the Eagle Hour, we reported that uh, Conference USA's board of directors had voted to do the two games you know, in one on the road so to speak, playing on Thursdays and Saturdays to cut down on travel expenses. Well, now, for further protocols and for further safeties, they're talking about switching that instead of a Thursday-Saturday right. twin bill to make it a Friday-Saturday.
2: Right. Uh, he didn't just mentioned that to us, but you know what he didn't mention? is, And that's any uh, any talk, I guess there is none, about what we've long time advocated here, traveling the men and women's teams together. And cut that way you cut travel literally in half uh, you take them both on these uh long weekends so to speak to play multiple games a couple games over the weekend it just seems like to me that'd be common sense but Kelly Sander would that be too much to ask from conference USA <laughs>
1: you mean common sense <laughs> correct yeah I don't know why they call it common when it isn't so common
2: correct uh, right
1: anymore but yeah I mean it would, and again it would be a, a, a Double-edged sword as far as winners go, because if you were a ticket season ticket holder or a ticket holder, you get two for the price of one. You know, you play the doubleheader, women's games first, and then the men's game after that. Uh, and the women's coaches would love because that would increase, you know, attendance to the women's games generally, mm-hmm. uh, which don't which don't generally have as many people as the as the men's games. So I would think it would be a win win um, for everybody, and hopefully Conference USA is listening and going,
2: "Gee, why haven't we thought of that?" Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you think they haven't, Luke?
0: Well, I mean, traditionally, what they do—if you look at the men's and the women's uh, poll—I mean, the schedule—it's just opposite. So the the men's team opens up on New Year's Eve at U- or at home against UTEP. The women on the same day at UTEP, and the and the <laughs> conference schedule basically follows that same right. formula. And I think part of it is they they don't like to combine. Sport and it may be I don't know man I could get in some stretchers territory here, but you know with Title Nine you want you never want women's sports to be in the shadow of men's sports at least that is what the NCAA has has tried to do, and so in in some ways while it makes financial sense particularly in twenty twenty it might just appear that the women's program was tagged on to the men's program. So, yeah, you, you may lose a bunch of money, but it doesn't give the, the right. shadow of, well, of the ideology they're trying to pump.
2: You could be right. And, Kelly, I think another important thing to make sure is that the Dixie Darlings are not allowed in a confined area like that. Too dangerous. Those, far those too Those
1: scoundrels. Yes, those far scoundrels. too
2: intimidating for the student body. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, you know, Luke makes a good point, but at some point, you know, it doesn't matter what you want. I mean, I want to drive a fancy car, but I can't, you know, I can't afford one necessarily. I mean, it all, the bottom line is it's going to have to come down to money. And if it's good enough for the NJCAA and it's good for the NAIA schools, I don't know why, you know, the NCAA can't work something out for having the, the men and, and women's, you know, double headers. It just, it just makes. You know, too much sense.
2: Great point. Uh, William Carey opens their season last night, Kelly, in New Orleans. They take both teams down there. Uh, they make one trip. They're back home. Both teams have a game under their belt, and, and expenses were kept to a minimum.
1: Yeah, it, under the scenario that Luke just gave, you know, you got uh, the, the tech guys coming here or whatever, and the Southern Miss women going over there. So, I mean, one school could have completely wiped out a trip if they would have both of them. Both Correct. Of them because right. of the the Latex, you know, the Southern Miss women. So you know, I let I me just didn't let know. me
0: counter something to that though. Here, let me counter, and this is a twenty twenty point. I think right now, and, and this doesn't, this isn't the reason Conference USA does this, but in twenty twenty, you can't have over, you can't have teams overlapping like that. You couldn't have one sport, you couldn't even have one team on campus in that close connection to another team on campus, unless. I think they're trying to keep the bubbles there, and so uh that that's not the answer to why they've traditionally done it, but that's an argument for why they need to do it that way in twenty twenty just because of covid and you wouldn't want your men's team to wipe out your women's team or vice versa from being able to play
1: no no but but the first part of it is what we're really thinking about is that what what has prohibited them from doing it before right you know right. and exactly. nothing i I mean I get the COVID point, but going forward. You know, everybody by every by every litmus test has said money is going to be tight for college, you know, athletics and budgets. So one of the first things, you know, I'm gonna and I don't and I don't care if it would only save ten or twenty thousand dollars. I mean, that's poking out, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, And if it makes sense to do that, then they should do it. And I can't I can't see any reason under a normal healthy scenario that they wouldn't do that.
2: Yeah. I'm going to switch gears for a minute, guys. I want to get both your inputs last night because I know both of you sat down last night after dinner, reclined in the Lazy Boy, turned on the HDTV, and watched the GOAT play. Uh, He's still the GOAT, isn't he, Kelly?
1: Yeah, and I think the New England Patriots, I think you're seeing that it wasn't necessarily Bill Belichick. I mean, you know, Belichick loses them, and, and look at the Saints. The Saints, uh, excuse me, the Patriots have as many wins as the Bengals. Right, right. Let that sink in. Right. So yeah, it, I think I'm beginning to think, and being proven that Tom Brady was the reason, perhaps the Patriots were so good. Now, I'll take Brett Favre any day of the week and twice on Sundays over Tom Brady, but he, you certainly mm. can't deny. Mm. You certainly can't. I would.
2: I yeah, mean, I know. No, no. I wanna tell you something else Brady's got. He's he's got his uh he's got his go to guy back with him. Gronk seems to be uh back in form. He was catching touchdowns last night, blocking people like crazy. Luke Johnson, how far can this Tampa team go? I, I get the I get the impression we may see a dramatic Brady run here in the playoffs.
0: He's so good and he's the greatest of all time that he had to score in the fourth quarter to beat the worst one of the worst teams in football. <laughs> Danny Dimes is throwing quarters to the Tampa Bay defense. Now, what what makes this Tampa Bay team good? is that they they have a plethora of options for him. But, man, their defense is legit. Yeah. They have a really good defense. You look at the front, Southern Miss guy up front with Nunez Rochez, Devin White in the linebacker core, and then Antonio Winfield Jr., hard to believe that junior's already playing um, in the back, and they're really good on defense. But, you know, Breeze has got Brady right where he wants him because last night – Brady passed Breeze through two touchdowns. He now leads Drew by one. And I know I'm a Saints homer. I get that. But how cool is it right now, guys, that every week the all-time leading touchdown uh leader, uh, they go back and forth, one and two. Breeze was up by one. uh Brady throws two this week. And so Drew has him exactly where he wants him because mm. prime time this weekend. The real GOAT will take the faux GOAT now. <laughs>
1: I don't know what's more impressive, uh, Tom Brady's play or the fact that Luke Johnson used the word plethora correctly.
2: Correct, right? I know. Yeah, I was pretty impressed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't use words I can't spell.
2: Correct, right, right, right. P L E T H O R. So you're not going. You're not going with uh, th- that he's the goat, right? Luke, Luke Brady. Luke, yeah. Luke Luke no. is not buying the Brady goat scenario. Week one, so think-
0: Saints thirty-four, Tampa Bay twenty-three. Breeze is one and zero already this season. So, but but for real, and I know we'll we'll talk about this game a little later in the week. The the thing about it is is that the Saints' defense has been suspect, and they hold at the end. But man, they're suspect during the game. Tampa Bay has one of the best defenses, I think. In they
2: the do. NFL. All right, I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. I'm going to give you my opinion first, and then you can follow up. Right now, the best team in the National Football League, the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: I agree. I, I hate it but I'd have to agree.
2: Luke.
0: Yeah, I mean Ben's back and and that's uh you know the reason that they're they're going like that. Um I still would like to see what they can do you know what they can do against the the Chiefs, and I don't think they they play in the regular season. But I, I I still think the Chiefs are the most explosive team, and a team like the Steelers, they could possibly beat them by you know in in the forties in in overtime. But it's it's pretty clear though, uh, apart from Seattle, and and this is being a New Orleans fan, uh, it's going to be hard. I think the AFC has the lead right now, and and don't count the Buffalo Bills out too. Yeah, they're pretty good. They find ways to win. I mean, that six six and two. And you look at – they lost to the Chiefs, and they lost – they got blown out by the Titans. That was an ugly, ugly uh, loss. But, but they play the Seahawks this weekend. I think that'll tell a lot about them, too. I like Josh you, got,
1: you guys, this is totally unrelated, and I know we're probably up against a break here, but I need your advice in, in dealing with, helping me with a problem I'm dealing with. Uh-oh. I, I, let a, a lady, I, I lent some money to a lady friend of mine so she could have plastic surgery. I'm trying to get the money back, but now I don't know what she looks like. <laughs>
2: That's a real problem, yeah. Kelly. That's a real yeah. serious problem. Hey, we, that we that really happens a lot of really there.
1: We really did
0: have a listener text us and say, make sure Kelly doesn't write in Kanye today because that's
2: yeah. probably what he'll do. Well, he is. Uh, my,
1: my, my vote will put Kanye over the top. He's, sure. he's
2: tight with the hip hop crowd. There isn't any question about that. That's right. All right, Kelly, I'm going to bring you back in the last segment of the show and, and you let us know if you have found this lady by then. Is that a deal?
1: Yeah, and we've got some COVID, uh, more college football COVID cancellations. I'll have those
2: for you. Lee Roberts next, Kelly Sander to come. We'll be back. Miss to the top.
0: Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They had an election day lunch special today. Hamburger steak, loaded potato casserole, green beans, toast and drink for only $8.95. If you missed it, tomorrow is Wing Wednesday, 24 Wings. For only fifteen dollars, go see our good. And friends you like that, don't Street you? Bar and
2: Grill. You like those, oh wings. yeah. No, I mean, know. I can tell.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Four Street Barn Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and uh, a rather cool downtown Laurel. Great weather we're having today. Uh, it's Tuesday, and so it's the third segment. So we will bring in Lee Roberts. Before we get to Lee, uh, I found this clip from October the tenth. 1996, courtesy of ESPN. Two, here we go.
1: Southern Miss up seven nothing. Still in the first. Lee Roberts gets his first
0: career start at quarterback, and he comes correct, hooking up with Kendrick Lee. Lee, fifty nine yards for the score. Roberts completed a school record thirteen straight completions. Wow. Lee, how does it feel that your first collegiate start? Stuart Scott is the guy that did the highlights on SportsCenter. That's pretty incredible.
3: You know that's uh, that's really incredible. You know, in my time, I've had some you know some really uh, really neat guys that I got to got to meet and talk with. Keith Jackson being one of them, in '98 in when we played at Penn State, uh, Lynn Swan was there as well. But man, to have somebody like Stuart Scott uh, do the highlights of your first start is uh, is is rather uh, touching, to say the least. So very, said, very, uh, very 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 neat record. Deal.
0: 13 straight completions, and that night up in uh, Greenville, you beat East Carolina 28-7. to All right, um, Saturday, uh, I- I'm calling it just a case this past Saturday, a case of Murphy's Law, anything that could go bad, did go bad. I felt like emotionally, Lee, um, We after we fumbled the kickoff return, you kind of felt like the, the two-lane game. Um so guys just thought stuff was against them. But talk about to, to me the game defining play is when Jack Abraham takes a big hit and he runs for a first down, ball comes out. And so now, you know, as as Tim Billings as your head coach, Matt Kubik as your offensive coordinator, you gotta put in Trey Lowe, who has athletic talent, but maybe not up to speed, you know, with the playbook, obviously as much as Jack Abraham and Tate Wiley are, and just felt like the rest of the day our, our options, you know, in the playbook were severely limited because of Jack's injury.
3: You know, obviously, you know, even the week before when Jack didn't get to play, I mean, you, you get to insert someone like Tate Wiley that has some experience. Tate did an unbelievable job. Would have been nice to to have him Saturday, but that's just, like you said, that's the way this year has been. 2020 has been an unusual year and uh very very difficult when you go to your third string quarterback and you know he's the guy and you know trey low is uh i mean he's a name that, that most you know would would recognize obviously going to west virginia and you know being there and obviously graduating in three years and coming to southern miss and has three years of eligibility is pretty impressive you know but for him to be inserted and, and again take it back really before even the fall camp i mean you know, our team didn't get spring ball and you know, Trey Lowe wasn't even here during the summer. So his his first time really on campus was you know, at the start of two days and, and you're right, he just was not up to speed. But you know, he he was the guy that had to go and and if you look what he did, I mean not a whole lot of major mistakes or busts. I mean when he threw the football he was effective, only threw it six times. Uh, right before the end of the first half was able to lead them down and, and get points right before we go into to the locker room. So that that was a positive. And, and then, again, I don't know if you remember the throw where he rolls to his right around the sideline and throws it up to Brownlee and uh, gets a nice grab along yeah. the sideline. He, he comes back for a penalty. So the guy does some things that are, that are nice to see. Uh, you just hate, hate that he was put in that situation. And, and even more importantly, you know, only 15 snaps is what offensive had the offense had in the second half. So, you know, just overall a, a very tough thing and talk about Matt Kubik and what, what he does. If you only get 15 snaps in the second half, it's tough to call a ball game. Um, you know, and, and there was times, like I said, trade only threw it three times in the, the second half, um, you know, but he was able to tuck it and, and ran a few times, probably should have given it uh, a few more than, than what he did. So uh, a guy trying to learn on the go is, you know, sometimes the best way to go but as a as a analyst or even a coach or a fan it's tough to sit and watch
0: you look at the uh one more question for me bob sure. you, you look at the semi positive and and i kind of you know just i didn't smirk at it but i heard you know well the defense played better in the second half but then i went back and looked they you know rice just kind of they did take their their uh their foot off the gas a little bit they were up 23 to you know, three at halftime. Um, at the same token, we gave up seven points in the second half, and part of that was just because Rice dominated. You know, on on the the possessions, I think they had an eight or nine minute drive at the end of the third quarter. But you know, positives you take away, and, and again, we want to be realistly. It, it's it's tough to to do that. At the same token, um, we got two winnable games coming up with North Alabama and Western Kentucky. Did you see anything? out there Saturday that, that at least you could maybe have a semi-silver lining?
3: You know, I I think, when again, you look up just the makeup of this team and, you know, what we lost before the season, what we lost at the beginning of the season, and now what we've you've seen with, with injuries and, you know, coronavirus missing, uh, guys missing due to coronavirus. You know, obviously a lot of different things. We had some JUCO guys. It takes time for some of those players to really get up to speed so now you've got six games under your belt you hope to see some of those guys starting to take that stride to that to that next level and, and there's there are some guys that that are really playing good defense with i mean hayes maples you can't play much better than what what he's doing you know obviously nice to have central latham back in the lineup as well i mean swayze bozeman would be a guy that you'd like to have in the middle of that defense you know um he's out with a, a toe injury I, I think is what he has, but anyway, there, there are positives. The guys are playing hard. And, and again, to your comment, they did only give up seven points that second half. Maybe rice did let off a little bit, but if I'm up against Southern miss, only 16 points, I'm not really letting up, you know, I'm trying to get get what I can. I think their quarterback, Mike Collins played extremely well and just been a it's been difficult, but I think you're right. We've got two games coming up. We'd love to have said that the Rice game was a winnable game, and it was. I think we'll let that one slip. But North Alabama, another good team, but a team that we can definitely beat for sure.
2: Lee, uh, Conference USA, one thing it, it has produced through the years is a lot of really quality quarterbacks, you among them, and and there have been a lot of them. But the, the kid you just mentioned that was playing for Rice Saturday, he looks to be another up-and-coming star in Conference USA.
3: You know he is, and uh, not sure if you know much about him. He started his career at, at at ten, and then transferred to TCU or vice versa. So I mean, he went to you know two different schools before he was able to come to Rice, and so a lot of different experience. And um, he just kind of took over that starting job this year, and has, has done um, in, in the two games that he's that he's played. I mean, heck, Saturday he played lights out. I mean, the guy threw right. what five touchdown passes or four touchdown passes against us. Didn't have to throw it much, but was very, very effective. And uh, you didn't see a prettier ball. That last pass he threw for a touchdown was a very nice ball. So the guy can spin it. He can do some very good things. And, and hes he, he, you're right, he's going to be an up-and-coming star in Conference USA.
2: And, and obviously your allegiance uh, is to Southern Miss, but I'm guessing as a former quarterback, you just enjoy watching quarterbacks play like that kid played Saturday. Take away the fact he was – playing against the Golden Eagles. But I, I'm sure you must enjoy watching that that high level of quarterback play.
3: You know, I do. I mean, I, I love football in general, whether we're playing or I'm just, you know, a fan um, or just a fan of the sport. I love just to sit and watch and, you know, see what, what guys can do and, and obviously looking more at the offensive side because that's what I am and it's more specifically the quarterback position. And, you know, my six years here doing um, color commentary for Southern Miss, I've been able to see some really good ones. And then uh, when I was playing, got to play against some really good ones. And uh, and you're right, Mike Collins was a guy that you know was was fun to watch. Hate that he was throwing against the Golden right. Eagles, but a uh, very, very effective player for Boy,
2: sure. Boy, the Golden Eagles have faced two tough quarterbacks in their last two games. You're really not going to face much better quarterback competition than what they've had to deal with over the last two games.
3: You know, I hope not. I hope not because uh, the guy at Liberty last week was, well, it was very very dominating as well and then uh and then this guy for sure I, I mean again w- what we've seen is is very very tough we we do have to we do have to play better we got to execute i think the coaches will tell you the effort was there but the execution we just we just got to be better and uh whether you're playing against a great quarterback or not so great quarterback, you've got to come out and compete, and that's uh, that's the bottom line.
2: All right, last question is something that I'll never know about and most of our listeners won't, but what is it like, uh, Lee Roberts, to hear a really famous ESPN sportscaster calling your name out like uh, we displayed here at the opening segment?
3: You know, it's uh, really, really cool. I mean, obviously, um, you know, anytime time that, that you get called out, I mean, it's uh, it's an honor. Uh, especially have somebody like Stuart Scott. That was, uh, you know, I said earlier, you know, really, 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 really touching. And uh, just had a lot of memories of Southern Miss. And, um, you know, now I just kind of get to see it more from a bird's eye view. So it's uh, it's a really, really neat experience for sure.
2: Well, it's well deservedly, Robert. You're a great quarterback nice. here. And uh, you do I a really great that. job on the broadcast team. And we enjoy having you every week on the Eagle Hour. We'll look forward to I having you again you next Tuesday. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. All right, man. Lee Roberts, everybody. Color analyst for the Golden Eagle Radio Network on the Eagle Hour. We're going to see if Kelly found that lady right after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: Always good to talk to Lee Roberts on the Eagle Hour. Appreciate you joining us today on a sunny Tuesday. We'll tell you about D Bat and D One Training located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. D Bat is a softball and baseball academy. It's on the left side, and uh, great instructors. Great place for uh, your kids to get schooled up in their baseball and softball skills on the other side d1 training and a d1 allows you to get in some of the best shape of your life so go see our friends at d bat and d1 training fourth segment of the eagle hour brought to you every day by toyota of hattiesburg located on highway 98 and online toyota com. southern miss women's cross country finished up their season over uh, their fall season i should say over the weekend Freshman Cassidy Tusher and uh, senior Kate Maddox both earned all-conference honors. Coach Aaron Kent uh, was quoted to say, I just want to say how proud I am of this group. They've done a tremendous job these past few months to get themselves to this point today. My hat is off to them. Tusher was named the freshman of the meet in a first-team all-conference as a freshman, Kate Maddox, of course, uh, been doing it for a long time for the Golden Eagles cross-country. They All the Southern Miss runners finished in the top 50, and uh, that finishes the fall season for cross-country. So uh, always doing well with the cross-country track and field. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We continue with Kelly Sander. Kelly, uh, just some more cancellations going on, but uh, there's some more games on the rise in college football midweek.
1: That's right. The Big Ten Conference has announced that the game between Wisconsin and Purdue scheduled for this weekend will be a no-go because of COVID. Remember, this is only the second weekend that the Big Ten is back, and already they're having some, some COVID issues. So no Purdue uh, game this weekend against Wisconsin. Everybody else right now in the Big Ten is is good to go. But meanwhile, the MAC cranks action back up again in their season. Uh, beginning tomorrow night. And it looks like most of the MAC games, for what's left of this season anyway, will be scheduled for Wednesday nights because of uh, television coverage and, and how they can make up for some lost revenue by moving those games to Wednesday nights. So if you're going to watch college football, you'll be able to have an opportunity to watch on Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday nights with the MAC carrying the torch on Wednesday nights. So it'll be called Wednesday night. Football Maction on on ESPN and and uh, other affiliates.
2: Oh, so. boy. Did you come up with that, Santa? Or is that the... no,
1: no, I think it was
2: the, the trick-or-treat. It, uh, was... Trick-or-treat <laughs> at Southern Miss crowds that did that? Boy, there's... <laughs> there's
0: some... But there is some truth to that, though. You know, there's a commercial going around now. This dude sits down with his friend, and he's watching football, and he's like, who's playing? And this guy says, does it matter? And that's exactly how I feel. So, yeah. you know, tomorrow night I may turn it on. It, it may be Eastern Michigan and Kent State. It may be Buffalo, Northern Illinois. It may be Bowling Green and Toledo. I don't care. Yeah. It's football and it's 2020. And, and that's what I'm, I'm excited about. I, I saw this guys. This is really interesting. So Oklahoma State, of course, uh, you know, the, the Pickens dude made all that money and put it all back in in 2018 in their stadium. They put in two new boards uh, in the east side of their stadium, and if you you put them together, uh, it's 56 feet tall and 110 feet wide. So this past weekend, Oklahoma State was trying to hang on against Texas. Texas ended up upsetting them. And, you know, teams, as former kicker, I can always tell you what they tried to do to get in our head. They'd call timeouts on, on field goals. This is what Oklahoma State tried to do. So on this 56-foot-tall, 110-foot-wide board, they imposed random neon yellow vertical lines all across this board in order to possibly get in the kicker's head and cause him—I don't know—to be distracted or to uh, or to to aim wrong. Uh, Texas reached out, and the Big 12 did say after the fact that it was illegal for Oklahoma State. But you know, you, you got to try. He ended up making the kick, and, and uh, Texas ended up making the game. But man. The, I think you said it during the break, Bob, the extent to which people will go yeah. to win. Yeah.
1: And at and, and Conference USA, some teams are finally getting back to the grind this weekend. Uh, UTEP schedule is back uh, playing this weekend right now. North Texas is on the schedule to, to get back playing again. So some of these schools and cities that have had problems with COVID now looks like they're ready to ramp playing back up anyway in Conference USA. So we'll see how all of it shakes out. You know, really, all in all, been very very fortunate uh, to get any games in at, at any level uh considering the way that the that the virus is you know across the country so i take my hats off to a lot of the commissioners and people who have been so patient to try to get these games played in some form or fashion just to keep us from losing our minds
2: oh, now there we go all right kelly about 10 seconds left did you find her
1: i don't I don't know, Bob, because like I said, I don't know what she looks like now. I think that was probably part of the plan.
2: Well, I'm just glad uh, to know you're just such a generous person, Kelly, and, uh, and and look out for those in need, right?
1: Well, when Luke was talking about something that was 53 feet tall and 110 feet wide, I said, so that reminds me of some of the dates I've had over the years.
2: <laughs> All right, remember this in passing, Kelly. Tomorrow is hump day, so what does that make today? Trump day, Kelly.
1: Ah, okay. Well, let's, you know, (laughs) we'll find out tonight, right?
2: There we go. Back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Myths. To the
1: top. Time keeps on
2: slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.